How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Brad, and today I have got J.J. Ramberg on the line. J.J. was introduced to me by former two-time guest Mike Michalowicz, and you may have heard some of his episodes in the past. J.J. is the founder of GoodShop.com. She's the host of MSNBC's Your Business, and she's the author of It's Your Business, which is available on Amazon, and all of the links to these will be in the show notes down below. But today, I want to talk to JJ about a lot of the cool things that she's doing, both with uh, Good Shop, as well as some of the neat experiences that she's had as the host of a TV show on MSNBC about you know interviewing business owners, where she and I have a lot in common in that aspect. So JJ, without any further ado, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hi, Brad. It's so great to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So... I want to dive in a little bit. As I said, I'm, this is kind of cool that you, there's two really interesting topics for me about what you're doing. So you've got like goodshop.com, which is, um, th- th- this is your primary, like your e-commerce website. You've, you've been running this for how long now? I, I did a little research on you. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. My brother and I started the company in 2005. We launched in September of 2005. Nice. I've been, I've been running parallel lives where I am an entrepreneur and also I interview entrepreneurs. Nice. So tell me a little bit about Good Shop uh, right now. I, I was on the site and I listened to an interview you had done not too long ago and I was just really fascinated by the entire business model. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. Sure. I can, I can tell you what we do. So, so at Good Shop, we work with, we, we help shoppers and we help people do good. We help them do both at the same time. So we work with thousands of stores like, you know, the Gap and Target and Staples, you name it, we work with them to aggregate every single great coupon and deal. So you know, Brad, when you are, uh, for instance, at the Gap and you get to the checkout and it says submit coupon here and yeah. you think, well, there must be a coupon if there's a space for it. We are the place that lists all of those coupons. Nice. Well, I use stuff like that all the time. Like anytime I'm going to buy something, I mean, I think a lot of people do. When we see a promotion code or a coupon field available, I immediately open up a new tab and go searching for a, uh, a coupon. Right. You probably go to Google and type in exactly. Gap coupons. Yeah. Right. And then you get a whole list of a whole bunch of junk. So basically, we let you stop that step because you can just go to Good Shop and we have all those coupons there. Mm. But in addition, when we launched the company, we launched it on this idea of doing good at the same time. And so we've always given people the ability to choose their favorite cause, and a percentage of what they spend at those stores goes back to that cause. So to date, we've raised more than $12 million for really? causes. Uh, but but most exciting for me is we just launched something this week, Ooh. and it's still in beta. So if anyone goes there and it's then you see mistakes, then absolutely email us and tell us some ideas and it's called good shop give and what good shop give allows you to do is create a campaign so for instance my dog needs a surgery or i'm raising money for my trip to haiti or whatever it is you can put it up there i'm trying to raise 500 dollars or whatever the amount is 
and you send it to all of your friends and you're not asking them to donate money to help you. What you're asking them to do is shop just like they normally would, but a percentage of what they spend will go to your campaign. Ah. It's very, it's so exciting. We just launched it and we already have a bunch of them up there. It's One really of them innovative. Is, I like that. Oh, thank you. It's shop funding. We, we call it shop funding. And <laughs> That's great. What, so yeah, it's, it's goodshop.com slash what? Um, if you go to goodshop.com, you'll see it right there on the homepage. Um, yep, oh, it says yeah, give more than money. More. And I you can see if you, if you go to the give site, we have a campaign. Um, you know, one is to, to help these 74 puppies that were rescued from a puppy mill. We have one, Bring Our Conductor Back Home, which is this orchestra that's trying to raise money to bring their founder back to the orchestra. It's just, it's really, really neat. That's so cool. Fun. So, so tell me a little bit more about the mechanics of how this works. So, like, on the on the traditional good shop site, if I – well, and, and I, I've done some research both on, on good search and good shop. So, let me – the first question is how, how are these two related? Is it the exact same thing, just different names? Is it it's, – It's the same company, yeah. different sort of, you know, brothers and sisters in the same company. So, good search is how we started okay. 11 years ago, and it is – uh, search engine powered by Yahoo, and every time you search and you get Yahoo search results, a, a penny goes to your favorite charity or school. Okay, because that's the one. The first thing I heard. So, how does that work? Is it? Is it? It's so it's not just if somebody searches and then clicks on an ad where you don't no. get a portion of the ads, right? It's there's a different model in there. Yeah, it's just if you search. Uh, we we donate fifty uh, percent of the revenue we get, and that works out to be a penny a search. So, do you but, guys get revenue for every search? We don't. Done. We don't. We okay. don't. But 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 once we once we get it, it works out to be a penny a search. So we donate fifty percent of our revenue, and that works out to oh, about a penny okay. a search. Okay, I was kind of curious um, about that. I, I got you now. Yeah, and so Good Search is great. It is our legacy product. Mm -hmm. um, it's how we started, but but the shopping side. Uh, the coupons and Good Shop Give is really where the opportunity is for shoppers to A, save money when they shop. We've saved people over $100 million. And then B, you know, very exciting to me, to help these these campaigns and these causes, you know, without spending any extra money of their own. Oh, yeah. No, I, th I think that's really phenomenal where – because, you know, everything from the crowdfunding – and I'm working on a crowdfunding campaign right now, managing the marketing campaign for that – and, I, and this is an equity crowdfunding deal, so it's kind of a. Um, oh, that's exciting! Yeah, it's really exciting. It's kind you of, are on the cusp, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it's been uh, th this has been a fun ride so far, and it's um, and it's just something that I've always loved is the crowdfunding from when Kickstarter Indiegogo came about, and then there's so many different platforms. But I think this is a this is a really cool different way to do it because yeah, you're, like you said, you're not asking people to donate money. You're saying do what you want to do. Anyway, I guess on the other side, where and I'm just trying to make sure that I got this down in my head. With normal good shop, I go shopping in there, and then the money is donated to various causes. But this was one where um, it can be donated to a specific cause based upon the exactly that are set up. It, That's cool. Exactly. It, it's it's so it's an, in essence the same thing. You can either support the ASPCA if yep. you'd like. Or you could support um, Brad's dog needs um, surgery. Right. Well, I, you, hope you get... I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I brought that one up. <laughs> I should think of something else for you. But but you could you can do what you can support whatever you want. 
right? And mm-hmm. so that's why it's so exciting. Now I'm, now I'm going to make you get off the phone and create a campaign and send it to all your friends, Brad. Exactly. <laughs> Brad needs to go on vacation really badly. Please. Uh, well, by the way, him. go for it. I, it right? I don't know how many. I don't know how many of your friends you'll get to support that, but try it. I know. I'll come up with a sob story. I'm so overworked. <laughs> I'm so overstressed. So that's really cool. So, uh, and anybody can do this. Is it? Uh, does it cost money to start up a campaign? Is it totally free? It, it, everything is free to everyone and nice. nothing costs money and you can set one up within five minutes. Nice. So your site gets a decent amount of traffic, right? But is there anything else you're doing to really promote this? Do you have any campaigns that for awareness that you're doing to build uh, awareness of this? Oh, for a good shop gift. Mm-hmm. Well, look, we, we just launched it literally a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. And so we, we are of the mindset of build it, put it out there, see what people think and make some changes. And so we're in the midst of incorporating a bunch of feedback that our users has given us. Nice. And then once we do some of that, we'll be, we'll be ready for prime time. But I love it. Well, means- this is something that could go relatively viral, I would think, because it's something that it's very something I, I think people would want to talk about a decent amount. Like, hey, I'm doing this. You should check it out. Well, and I hope so. It's just such an easy way to to help out a friend, and also you save money at the same time. And so, it's it's to me, it's a no brainer. Yeah, no, for real. So you've been uh, you've been doing good search, good shop, both of these since two thousand five. And then, when did you when did you become the host of MSNBC's? It's uh, or was it it's your, your business. business? Your business. Yeah. Your yeah. It's confusing, right? Because my book it's was business. it's your business, <laughs> right? Um, uh, that started in 2006. It all happened at once. Wow. Six months later, six months after I launched my company. That was a busy year. It was. It still is. It's still going on. I believe it's it. always busy. Tell me about how, that, how did that come about? How did that start? Like, did, did you have any um, journalism or broadcast experience prior to that? I did. So my first job out of college was the receptionist at Nightly News here at NBC. Okay. And so I'm still walking through the same doors I was walking through when I was 21. Really? Um, in a in a different in a different capacity a now. A little but, bit more. Um, you're, not, you're not going to get coffee for people. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, I still kind of am, but <laughs> that's just because I like to. But so I I was a journalist, and then I left, and I got my MBA. Um, after being at NBC for four years as, as a producer, eventually for Dateline, and then I got my MBA. Then I worked in the internet, and then I went back to journalism for CNN. Then I left CNN to start my company, and then um, C- MSNBC called me to host this show. So I've gone, I flip flop back and forth between journalism and business. Oh wow! And nice. the last ten years, I've done both. Nice. Is the uh, so so? Tell me about the show. It's um, when does it air? First of all. It's 7.30 Sunday mornings, Eastern Time, Okay. and it is 100% focused on small, medium-sized businesses, entrepreneurship, and and it's very practical how to grow your company, how to survive through hard times, and how to keep going during the good ones. Hard times? I mean, entrepreneurs don't go through hard times. It's the dream job. Never. Right? Yeah, I've, slept, <laughs> I've totally slept 12 hours a night for the past 10 years. It's the four-hour work week. <laughs> Yeah, right. Not for me. I read that book. And by the way, it got me into the world of internet-based businesses, et cetera, and it changed my life. But I realized that it was a typo on the cover. It should have been called The 4-Hour Sleep Week. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, I think you made a mistake there. This is working a lot more than four hours. Um, So so how do you guys – now, this is a bigger – obviously a network and a bigger production. So how do you guys go about getting your guests and how do you guys go about – building this out i'm really intrigued as a uh you know as a podcaster somebody who does this 
at a, at a much different scale than what you're doing. I'm always kind of interested in peeking behind the scenes of, you know, what goes on behind a bigger production. Right. So we get story ideas all over the place. We'll read something. Someone will send us an idea. Mm -hmm. I'll be on the train or talking to my taxi driver and someone will have an idea. We get them from everywhere. And we have a whole crew of people here, producers and camera crews and editors. And we'll go out there and shoot the story and and put it together into something that, that, you know, not only tells the lesson we're trying to tell, but tells it in a way that's that's interesting to people. We're storytellers, right? Yeah. So, so we have to find the the thread of the story that makes it interesting as well. What kind of things typically get your uh, attention? Is there are are there any things that uh, make your ears perk up more than anything else? Well, I go through it myself, right? So, mm-hmm. of course, if if I hear of something that I have dealt with recently, or that I'm trying to figure out myself, then I'm always interested in it right? I mean, and and some of them are things that are very practical so for instance a few years ago when we were trying to choose a peo for our, our human resources mm-hmm. i was incredibly interested in how people go about choosing those now for someone who's not a small business owner that's pretty boring but if you're you are one i think it's incredibly interesting yeah. it, it's funny i've told several people i was like i have the, what i consider the most selfish podcast on itunes because I typically go searching out my guests when I want to know something that, you know, specifically for my own businesses or for my clients or something else. It's like, this is a great way to pick somebody's brain. Um, well, yeah. By the way, if you want to know what someone else does too, that's that's what I've learned the most is exactly. every issue that I'm facing, there are everyone's facing it, you know, or someone's just gone through it. Yeah. And it, it gives me like one of the best compliments I ever get. And it's the most often compliment I get from you know listeners or friends of mine who listen, et cetera, is that uh, you know what I like about your show, Brad, is you ask the exact question that was like hanging, like I was biting my tongue, like ask this question, and you ask it. It's like yeah, because I'm as interested as you are, because I've got this curiosity. I'm trying to solve a problem, or I'm trying to use the the things that I learned so that I can apply it in my own life. I love the fact that you're able to do both. You're not just reporting on what business people are doing, but you're a business owner. Yourself. Right, I'm living it. I'm living it. Yeah, very much so. Living it. <laughs> yeah, it gives you so much more. Um, you know, just well, it allows you to ask the follow up question. Is what it does. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and being able to relate to the person as opposed to just you know asking general questions that you may or may not you know really be able to you know relate with the sleepless nights and the the, the headaches and the stress and the wondering where's the you know where's the growth right. going to come from. Right, I can say, call me at three in the morning, I'll be up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any really memorable or favorite interviews that you've done over the years? I imagine you've talked to some pretty interesting people. When you just hear the backstory to so many of these companies, or just the people who have done stuff against so many odds, or the ones weren't to survive the recession and did, it's just it's 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 a great. I don't like to say our show is all about inspiration because. Um, because I like things that are practical. I like to be mm-hmm. inspired, but then I want to know, okay, how do I do that for me? I'm the exact um, same. <laughs> but I do in telling the, pra- yeah, in, in telling the sort of the practical lessons learned of these stories, I'm always inspired. Yeah, I feel the exact same. And it's, you know, it's funny because most of my, in my life, my conversations are, in my circle of friends are all entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. then with the podcast, it's, and you know, my clients are entrepreneurs and then my podcast, my guests are entrepreneurs. I find, I mean, we are a very interesting sort of people 
And uh, I forget that not every single person out there has the, um, you know, has access to people who inspire them daily, even with the trials and tribulations that they go through. It is inspiring to see, man, how do you get yourself up in the, in the morning to go through that? And, like, well, I think especially because of the trials and tribulations that they go through, right? Yeah, it was easy. Everybody it was <laughs> exactly. inspiring. Exactly, exactly. So um, when, you know, when we were offline talking, and I know when Mike Michalowicz mm-hmm. recommended you, he said that you're a big supporter of women-owned businesses and, uh, and whatnot. Are you seeing any trends with women-owned women owned business as a female business owner yourself? But are you seeing any trends here? Are you seeing anything that's... Um, either exciting. Changing. Well, it's interesting. I so I'm I'm based in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. And and when we started the show ten years ago, I think our first and second pieces were women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't talked about that much. Yeah. I mean, certainly, obviously, there weren't women entrepreneurs. It nobody was really talking about it. Now, a day doesn't go by when I'm not invited to some women entrepreneurs event. So. There's so much more focus on it, which is exciting to see. So, JJ, let me revisit another um, one of the conversational threads we were just having a second ago about getting the attention um, of mainstream journalists and news reporters and people with shows and media uh, like yourself. A lot of my a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends, myself, you know, included, uh, see that as such a valuable way PR to to get noticed in a noisy world, but a lot of us aren't super familiar with how to do it. You know, I usually just buy advertising to my, to my offers, but this is something that's kind of been a hot button for me and some of my clients recently as well. What are some of the best ways that people can go about uh, getting their story to people like yourself without just submitting a press release? Yeah, it's interesting what you say, right? If you could figure it out with marketing, even better because money out, money in. And and Mm -hmm. public relations is more you put money out and you just never know if you're going to get any kind of ROI on the time or money you spend on PR. But that being said, to answer your question about how to reach people, uh, often, look, I mean, journalists are looking for stories. And so if you email them a story about something they're interested in or happen to catch them on the phone or can get them through a friend or LinkedIn – um, they're looking for stuff. And so you just got to give them, you got to catch them on something they're interested in. So I, I always tell this story about me. So on my show, we talk about lessons learned for small businesses. We don't do commercials for, mm-hmm. hey, this company makes great cups and isn't that great and how amazing that they do this. But oftentimes when people pitch their businesses, they pitch them in that way. We have this great new product and it's so amazing, it's gonna change the world, right? That's not an interesting story for me, that's a commercial. Exactly. So a few years ago, actually this is quite a long time ago now, as you will know when I say the word CD-ROM. Um, <laughs> what are these things? Um, actually it wasn't a CD-ROM, I think it was just a CD. Yeah, at least uh, you didn't say a floppy I mean, disk. <laughs> it was a DVD, it was a DVD. Um, but a woman who I had you know, got to me through some mutual acquaintance, pitched the story because she had she was making the series of DVDs for children and it was supposed to teach kids um, their emotions, right? So there are all these companies out there or shows that taught them math and spelling, but no one addressed children's emotions. So they created these DVDs and she said, it's great. There's nothing out there like us. We're going to be this great company. She pitched me that story. I said to her, it sounds like a fantastic company. It's not for my show. Maybe you can go talk to the consumer press, but 
but there's nothing in there of interest for my audience. I happened to run into her many months later, and we're talking, and she just, and we were just talking in general, and, and somehow it got to her company, and she was saying how um, they had a bunch of angel interest in the company that they turned down because they decided to only take funding from parents because they thought through that they could build a board of people who would be able to help them market the company. And I said to her, there's a story, right? That's interesting for my audience. And so if she had only told me that in the first place, right? But in order to do that, she would have to have watched my show or talked to someone who works here and, and, and say, hey, what kinds of stories do you do? And understand the angle uh, that we cover. And right. so she had a great story. She just didn't pitch it to me. And eventually we ended up doing that second story. Right. And I love that this response because it is so on point with uh, it's also clarifies the gut feeling that I've kind of had, which is, I mean, there's a million cool products. You could do profiles on, you know, any number of businesses out there, but that gets, there's no hook in there. You know, when there's so many, it's like, how do I pick and who cares? But when you think about what's really in it for the journalist and the, and, and you, I don't know if you call yourself a, a journalist or what you call your like if it's a media right. ho- the host, right? What's in it for you? Well, what's in it for you is a, a different insight into the business. Like, can you tie your business in? But you're giving you're, you're giving the person who's interviewing you something to kind of hang on to. And it's kind of funny as just a. It really resonates with me as a podcast host because I get requests to be on my show all the time. And when they come to me where I can tell that there's nothing that they want except for self-promotion, right? like there's not, you didn't give me any hooks. Like you didn't give me anything that made me curious to want to ask another question. Right, right, right. Exactly. Then you need that. You need that. I mean, that's just human nature. Right. No one wants to necessarily help you promote themselves. They, yourself, they want to tell a good story. If you have a good story that fits in with your particular angle of the way your podcast is or your television show or your articles, then it's great. And and for that kind of stuff, journalists are, are thankful. Right. And then more specifically on contacting, do do you receive email emails, stories, solicitations from people all the time, or do they usually go through another conduit, like they go to the MSNBC contact form, or do they just find you on email or Twitter? or Everything, all of the above. Mm-hmm. So all I imagine your email inbox and your messages are pretty full by the end of the day. <laughs> Sometimes they are, but that's okay. Look, we're, I'm, I'm interested in good stories. So if somebody has a good story, if they, particularly if they have a lesson learned that they can share with other business owners that other business owners can learn from, I'm interested in that. Right. And then on your show, because I've watched a, a few of the clips, you do you have a studio there, you know, at we do. NBC. Yep. But then did you say you, you also go out on uh, location sometimes? We do. So we do one piece every show where we go on location and we profile a business and some lesson learned around that, that, that company. Uh, and then we also have segments in the studio where we talk about specific how-tos. Uh, we often show websites and apps that we have found helpful for small business owners. We do an elevator pitch segment where our panel will give feedback to an entrepreneur on their pitch. And we will do top five books that we've read, all kinds of things. Oh, that's great. How much of your time is spent between the show, which I would think would be enormous, and and Good Shop, which I would also think would be enormous? Um, all in all. <laughs> yeah. When do you sleep? <laughs> well, you know what? There's, there, 
there's a great group of people who have been here on the show that we've all been working together almost since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're we're like a family here. So, and and a good job as well. There's just there's a CEO who runs it day to day now, and so it it's not just me. None of this is just me. Right now, are there any are there any dream guests that you would love to sit down and interview, and uh, any any people who are on your radar that you would just love to pick their brains? Um, gosh, it's interesting that you say that because we have we've we've interviewed a lot of the, the celebrity entrepreneurs in the past, mm-hmm. right? Um, but for me personally, what what is most interesting is to just talk to people who are in the trenches. And so it's hard for me to say if there's a dream guest because I don't know who they are until I meet them. They're right, not famous, exactly. right? They're not, yeah, they're not the celebrity entrepreneurs yet. Exactly. They're not famous. They're just – I interviewed this woman many years ago who her family was basically on their last dime, and she started a low-fat bagel company. And I can't even tell you how much time I've spent talking about her. <laughs> That's great. She was amazing, right? I would have never known about her otherwise, but she was – what she did was incredible. She went from nothing to building this whole business and employing people and her bagels were everywhere. And it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite ones as well, especially it's the unpolished interviewees, the ones who haven't been interviewed by every single person because they're the ones who are just, they're, they're just open and they give you so much more than yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah, of people right. who are like really worried about their, you know, the way they look in the, in the public eye. Cause they're doing this professionally. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And they, you know, they're just in the middle of it. Just people Absolutely. trying to make their companies work. Absolutely. Are there any uh are there any types of stories that you're looking to cover, you're looking for um you know, you're looking for guests about X. I know and this is kind of a loaded question. I have no idea if anything comes to the top of your mind. No, again, it's it's all lessons learned because mm-hmm. I feel that um, a problem that you're going through, for instance, how do you keep your employees loyal or how uh, I have a really tiny budget, how am I going to market this? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did something, to your point of what you were talking about before, we, we just did something on one of the first equity crowdfunding mm, nice. campaigns, right? We did something on... Which um, which one? Do you remember the campaign? Of course, Distilled. Okay. They're based in Los Angeles, a direct-to-consumer nice. clothing line. Yeah. Um, we just did something on these women who own a cupcake shop who were victims of predatory lending. So anything that we can do that teaches our audience something, but of course the founder has to be a great talker or the CEO, yeah. whoever we're covering, right? Someone who can really tell their story in a compelling way. Exactly. So a good, and, I, and I'm asking obviously very specific questions for very selfish reasons, right? That's what you do on this show. Exactly. So an example of an email or a reach out that, you know, that I would do to you or to somebody like yourself, you know, if we didn't know each other would maybe be, um, you know, well, I would imagine me. relatively short, just get to the point quickly. Cause you don't have time to read something huge. Always short, always short. Right. And for me, the way someone can really hook me in, and this is this is it's all very personal, right? Every mm-hmm. every producer, you know, reporter is is looking for something different. So I can I can speak for myself on this. For me, it is here is my lesson learned, and here's why I'm the one to tell it. I love that. Right, and and we're television, so the more visual, the better. Mm-hmm. Do you get Do you like it if people submit any kind of like a video submission, such as like a little email and a link to a short little video where they're explaining or showing her? 
Sure, giving you if that visual one, sure. aspect. Nice. Yeah, because that's easy. If, if, if interest is peaked, then we can click on that and look at it. Nice. I love that. Yeah, so th- this is the kind of stuff that, uh, as I said, in the past, I have not mm-hmm. relied on a lot of uh, publicity, PR, and reach out. I've always um, I've got experience with it, but it's not, my, it's not my forte. So this is why it's been so cool to have you on the show to kind of really hear from somebody who receives a lot of these pitches, what is the thing that gets the attention and how do you stand out from the masses of people who are just, who are just blasting out? Yeah, I think PR is such a weird thing though, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. because I'm with you, right? If you can come up with a marketing plan that works money out, money in and PR. So you get a hit that may be fleeting, um, you got to think of what what's the end goal with it. What are you going to do with that? Yes. Right. So so maybe your local paper co- covers you once. That's fantastic. Did it bring? Why did you want that? Is it is it customer acquisition? Is it simply brand building? What's the point of it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And are you going to use that to position yourself, like as seen on your business with MSNBC, to uh, give you extra credibility? And are you going to use it uh, as a business owner in other ways beyond just the potential bump? Because I've, I mean, I've I've heard of people who've got great TV appearances, and they're like, "Nah, it was just like a microscopic blip in our traffic and sales." But um, yeah. right. But so, still, so if that's the case, then don't think of it as customer acquisition. Right? Think of it as something else. Yeah, well, branding and building awareness and exposure, and you know, these days it's such a yeah, and it's such a crowded marketplace that uh, just getting people's attention in the first place is hard enough to do. The nice part about PR, and if you do have a good story, and I'm a huge fan of story selling, is if you do have a good story and it resonates with people, that is can go viral as much, if not better, than a than a great product, right? So that getting getting the word out there. And letting it spread and getting talked about in that way can pay dividends for a long time if for it's sure. a good enough story, right? Yes, agreed. Yes, absolutely. So I love that. Now, your book called It's Your Business, when did, when did you publish that? A few years ago or? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm on um, Amazon right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a few Maybe five years ago, was right. it? But you've got a hundred and the subtitle is 183 Essential Tips That Will Transform Your Small Business. Yeah, so... so- the thinking behind that was we just had, and I wrote it with two co-authors, Lisa Everson and Frank Silverstein, who work with me here, and all three of us just thought, you know, we, we have this wealth of knowledge, and let's put it on the page, but let's put it in, we know how busy small business owners are, mm-hmm. let's just put it in these very actionable tips, so you could just basically turn to every page, read the tip, close the book, and go do it. I love that. I love that. What's your, you. Do you have a favorite business book? Uh, I do. Robert or Tuck that's also is, like for me when people ask me, "What's your favorite business book?" That's like asking me if I had, if I had like ten children, which is your favorite, right? <laughs> pick one. No, but I actually have one. I have oh, one, good. which has been my favorite since business school. Um, which was so before I went to business school, I was a, I worked for NBC and I had not worked in business before, other than summer jobs, et cetera, and working for my mom. But um, and so. I read this book, Robert Cialdini's Influence. Have you ever read that? Absolutely. And I see uh, that he gave you a quote. Um, yes. he. So we then did a story with him many, many years later. He actually has a new book that either is coming out or Presuasion. just came out. What's it called? Presuasion. Oh, I can't wait to read it. 
I know. I listened to uh, an interview that he did with my friend uh, Jordan Harbinger on the Art of Charm podcast, uh-huh. and it was so good. Uh, like, I love Cialdini. So. so do I. So do I. My favorite, hands down. Yeah. Yeah, so, Ch- so I did yeah, have his... a favorite for you. Yeah, you but did. I do, not, I do not have a favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Persuasion, it does say it is now available. It looks like it just released, uh, let me see, September 6th. So just about a week ago is the time we're recording this. Persuasion, a revolutionary way to influence and persuade. So um, I'll make I'm sure. Going I'm going right to now. Add her on the phone to order it. <laughs> I love that. Um this has been great, JJ. I've really appreciated having you on the show. I know I've learned a ton. Is there anything, I kind of asked you this a little a little bit ago, but is there anything that either myself or the people listening to the show could potentially do for you? Whether it's, uh, I call this my, you know, I usually say, is there a nut you're trying to crack? Is there something you're trying to do, a resource you're trying to get, a person you're trying to meet? a skill you're trying to learn, anything out there that if myself or any of my listeners was like, oh man, I can totally hook her up. Is there anything that comes that to mind? such a great thing to ask. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I appreciate it. Yes, I do have something. If you could all go on to Good Shop and either support a campaign or start, yeah. even better, start a campaign and send it to all of your friends, then that that nothing would I would ask for nothing more than that right now. That's nice. what I'm really trying to do. That is the nut I'm trying to crack. I love that. Just getting more exposure and word of mouth. Um, I love that. I think that's really really cool. And I'm actually gonna you know I've got a potential. I've got a handful of ideas. I'm gonna put the thinking cap on and see if I can create maybe a campaign and do this with my list and see what uh, see what can be done. But I just yeah I think it's really cool what you're doing. It's so it's not just. Ecom, it's ecom with a with a purpose. Uh, I mentioned offline my my wife's business. She's got it's kind of the same thing, right? We've got a, a coffee company. It's called mm-hmm. Stiletto Coffee, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's very. Oh, I know Stiletto Coffee. Do you? I do. How, that, how, how did you hear about us? <laughs> I don't know. Well, good. <laughs> We're doing something right then. Yeah, you are. Got cool. it. Okay, go ahead. You can yeah, so we are. Uh, yeah, but so the the whole thing is, you know, the you know, a portion of the profits go to help benefit and support female, you know, women-owned businesses, female charities, uh, micro loans to female entrepreneurs overseas, et cetera. Just uh, you know, all types of aspects like that. So this world of kind of conscious capitalism, or as my friend Yannick Silver, who wrote a book called Evolved Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a I see it as just being something going forward that a lot of us entrepreneurs are starting to think about as opposed to just the profit motive alone. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly makes work more fun. Absolutely. So, by the way, are you a coffee drinker? I'm happy to send you your own little bag. Oh, thank you. If you can believe it, I'm not, but my husband very much is. Well, I'll send you some and you can present it to him. I'll get your address when I get off the phone. But, um, JJ, this has really been a pleasure, and I uh, hope to keep in contact with you. And if I hear of any amazing stories, I'll make sure and send them your way. And I'll definitely uh, help preach the gospel of Good Shop and Good Shop Give. And um, Thank you. Absolutely. Well, if there's not anything else, um, I just really appreciate your time and to all my listeners who are uh, who are who are still on. If I feel sorry for anybody who got off the line 
before you really started talking about the best ways to pitch your, uh, you know, your story to somebody, because that was really insightful about going after the hook, the lessons learned, the something that the host, the interviewer, the journalist can sink their teeth into, as opposed to just a, a, um, hey, I've got a new product and it's cool, right? They hear that all the time. So really think about this if you're going after a PR campaign about how you can position it in a way so that it's really enticing to the person who wants to talk to you. That goes the same way for if you want to be a guest on my show. Uh, I have limited time so the only and I get a lot of requests. So the only requests that I give are ones that I feel I can personally have fun with and I can interview uh, and, and learn something and also be entertained as well while I'm having this conversation. So that's definitely uh, a tactic that you can take with you to the bank. Um, for all of my listeners who are loving this show and want to pay me back in some way because you can't believe that you're getting all this good stuff for free, uh, the best way you can pay me back is simply share the show on social media and let other people know that you like it. Let me know you like it by uh, dropping a little review on iTunes. I do read every single one of those. And at any point, if you wish to... Uh, send me an email, ask me a question, give me some advice, or uh, hook me up with uh, you know the next winning lottery numbers if you if you know them. Just send that email to me ask too. Brad, exactly. <laughs> send that email to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com, and I look forward to reading it. Until next time, keep listening to the show. JJ, thanks for being a guest. I've really enjoyed it. So fun talking to you. Thank you. You're welcome.